Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, we, um, we are going to talk uh, this morning a little bit um, about what it means to be on mission with Jesus. And I, I want to make a point of saying that I'm, I'm going to say mission with Jesus today, to the best of my ability, not mission for Jesus. And there's a little subtle difference there, and I hope that you're able to hear that, that actually when God calls us out and to go out, that he doesn't say you're going alone, that actually he says you're going with me and, and with us. And so I, I just want you to kind of pay attention to that as we kind of to get into the topic this morning, okay? Um, my hope is that I will be able to, to, to help you consider what it means actually to go on mission with Jesus. Sorry, this mic is doing funny things this morning. It's all my, all my awesome hair I've got going on here is messing with my mic. Sorry. <laughs> I'd also really like for you to consider what it, what it actually might mean for you as an individual to go on mission with Jesus. In other words, not just what does it look like for the church to be on mission together, but what does it mean for you, for you, Colin, to be on mission with Jesus, right? For you, Andrea, to be on mission with Jesus. What does that look like on a weekly? And then everybody else's name. I won't say everybody's name. Um, but I really want you to think about that. Um, we've been on a, a sermon series uh, over the last several weeks, and we're going to be on it for several more weeks, um, where we really, the, the theme is talking about our belovedness, that we are our beloved children of God. And because we are beloved children of God, there is a response. There's a sense that, that we should respond in some way, shape, or form to our sense of being beloved. Our family of churches has kind of set out a few statements that call them affirmation statements. And so we've been using these affirmation statements to kind of just help us to understand well, what does that mean to live into our belovedness as a people. And so we've kind of been, been using a little bit of that. So the affirmation that we're, we're using this morning, it, it's simply this, a commitment to the whole mission of the church. A commitment to the whole mission of the church. And, and Pastor Preston did this really great. He kind of coined it last week for us. And and it's in our title, but it's like, what does it look like to have our faith turn into something that's active? In other words, what he worded was, what does it mean to get dirt under our fingernails? Kind of using this like image or this metaphor of like, what does that, that look like? So as followers of Jesus, we are called to, in a sense, roll up our sleeves every once in a while. And, and, and more importantly, it's not just about the activity that we do with our hands, but it's also... What does it mean for us to live a life of service to others? And sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean our actual physical hands, but it might mean our ears or our eyes or, or, or our minds being active in, in, in the way that we think and we talk and we engage other people in the world. This is what part of what it means to be on the whole mission of the church. 
Okay, so I'm going to do my best to unpack this a little bit more. And, and I, I, I was thinking maybe I'll use a little image. So I don't know if this is you, and I haven't been on a trip in a while, but I do remember when I used to take trips. And, and sometimes when I pack my bags, and I don't know if this is you, but I have a tendency to overpack uh, every once in a while, uh, especially when I go on longer, longer trips. And, um, and then I, I, I use my, my stuff that I've packed for the trip, and on the second to the last day, that's when I actually am starting to repack my bag, getting ready to go home. And then I discover that I'd actually packed all these other things that actually would have been quite useful if I had just looked below the, you know, the three or four shirts that I took off at the top. Anybody else done that? You're going home and you're like, wow, I was cold, really cold three nights ago. And look at that. I had a sweater in my bag. I just never got to the sweater because I only picked the shirts off the top. So I kind of want you to think about that a little bit. This is the metaphor that we're going to use this morning. Right? And, and, and what I want for us to think about it is, when we think about the church, when we think about how do we live out our faith, when we think about what we've so-called packed in our, our church bags, right? what are the things, what are the, the shirts that we pull out first and we use first and most commonly? In other words, what do you think the church is? And I want you to think about that. Because I think oftentimes when I think church, I think, oh, I put my, my best plaid on. So this is my first shirt, right? And then I, I, I usually have some, you know, clean pants. Those are good. Although the pandemic has changed several of those things for me on Sunday morning. I didn't have to wear pants or a shirt, for that matter, to come to church, which was, which was really cool. But, but right, we, we pack these things. So when we think, Church-wise, we think, okay, well, what is the church? Well, it's Sunday morning, right? We come on Sunday morning. What does church mean? Well, it means some singing. It means some praying and some scripture, right? These are the shirts at the top. It means a sermon. Shirts at the top. And I think oftentimes we can find ourselves getting confused and thinking that that's what church is. It's a place that you come to. You know, hopefully every seven days, right? And, 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 and what I want us to think about is, is that what the church is? Is that really what we're actually called to be about? Because it's very interesting because actually the Bible actually doesn't tell us to go to church. The Bible tells us to be the church. In other words, to take with us where we go on the other six days into the other places that we are and to be the loving presence of God in the places that we go. I really want you to reframe that. I know some of you are here in this room. You are at church. Good job. Gold star for you. I hope that, I hope that you get something when you come here. But I also want you to remember, and I'm going to get to this, that actually you were made to receive and to give. They both are important to the way that we experience and grow as disciples of Jesus. Right? I am not saying, and I, I really want you to hear this, that at first glance, I, I am actually not saying that church is bad. Coming to church is bad. I'm not saying that. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Please don't hear that. That, that, that when we gather together here in this place, we gather to worship together. Right? Our value of worship. We gather to learn, to, to teach each other. That's a value of ours. Well, I think we gather to, to connect as a community, 
This is one of our values too, right? Like these values are being played out on Sunday morning at church. But they're actually called to live those out in other areas as well. So just, just to give that some thought, right? There, these are important things that we do on Sunday. Right? So, so incidentally, as Preston heads off, right, to, to be with the kids in children's ministry, this is one of the ways that we teach our kids. This is one of the ways that we actually demonstrate to our kids the love of God that God has for them. That actually what they are learning in there is less about the Bible stories and more about experiencing the love of Christ through the volunteers that are there. So if you're sitting here and you're wondering, I don't think I could teach, a Bible, or teach the Bible to kids. Did you love them? Did you love them the way that Jesus would love them and does love them? If the answer is yes to that, dads, <laughs> then you can be in children's ministry. Okay, so I'll just put that out to the dads. And, and men, period. That you can be in there and you can help out with that. See, when Jesus comes to the end of his life, and the end of his story, he's, he's kind of created this movement of people. When he comes to the end, he finds himself right on the, on, on the side of a mountain, and it's right before he ascends, and he gives this mission to people. And, it, and it, it goes like this. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. Anybody heard that one before? Okay, good. We'll start for you too. When Jesus says go, when Jesus says go, he is suggesting, he is suggesting that these people were to carry on the movement of love. Right? That they were being sent out to be the gospel and to share the gospel in the world. Okay? The word gospel gets messed with quite a bit in the Christian context. So I want to just unpack it for you for a sec. The first thing is, the word gospel means good news. That's actually what, it, what the word means. Right? It is, of course, good, good news, big picture. The gospel of Jesus is that Jesus died for you and that he has certainly called you his beloved. Right? But, but it also means good news in the sense that, that he was called and that we were called to heal the sick. Feed the hungry, care for the lonely, comfort the broken. These are, these are good news things too, right? Like there's more to it than just, I get to be a beloved child of God, but rather also that we were called to be a part of this journey of helping Christ to heal the world, to comfort the lonely, to sit with the brokenhearted, to feed the hungry, and the list can go on and on and on. These are the big ones, but, but there's lots of other places, right, where we're called to live out the full mission with Christ. Just think about that. What does that mean for you? All right, so, so, so I think that sometimes we, we talk about this like this, like, I received this good thing, and now I have to, so I, I know everything about Jesus, formed and discipled now, and then I can go out and I can give this away to everybody else. Anybody? 
We don't like to admit that. I certainly don't. But I think that that's actually true. That, that oftentimes Christians, and I, I'm not going to talk nicely about it necessarily this morning, but, but oftentimes we Christians, we come into scenarios and situations as if we know all the things there is to know. And we're going to impart all the things that we know onto the world. But actually the intention of Jesus when he sends his disciples out, when he says, go and be this movement, he was sending them out. Not because he had the gospel the good news to offer people, but because this was actually a part of how he saw them being formed. So it is actually that, that, that as they make their way out on mission with Jesus, that this was the primary tool of discipleship for the followers of Jesus. Right? So, so, so it wasn't just that, that, that thank you, Del, it's good to have you back. A couple of amens here. For real, right? That that actually that discipleship means we go into a class and we sit down and we learn. And there is a component to that. But when Jesus sends his disciples out, he was not sending them out fully formed. So it was as they encountered the world, as they encountered the, the broken. The hungry, the confused, the, the all of those, that they were formed. That actually discipleship is worked out. The formation of who we are is worked out as we go on mission with Christ. Right? So there's so I want you to hear that. That actually you don't have to know all of the things before you before you go out. Before you get to the shirts, you know, near the bottom of the bag. But that actually this is one of the primary ways that God forms us, shapes us, turns us into these deeper-rooted people. Right? The early Christians saw themselves. The early Christians saw themselves as being beloved. They were understood, they understood that they were committing more than just a way of seeing themselves in light of God, but they were committing to actually seeing others in the light of God. That was a part of it. It wasn't just that the good news was going to change the way they saw themselves. The good news, the gospel, when it's truly the good news, is changing the way that we actually see others as well. I think this is one of the most important things we could be thinking about right now. Oh, man, I am in a constant battle inside of me these days to remind myself that I'm a beloved child of God, and so are people who are not like me and are thinking differently about me. You name it. So many ways for us to decide what other people are about. And we're making stuff up. And that is one of those things that in my formation as a disciple of Jesus is being challenged right now. So I put that to you. Following Jesus is not just about how you see yourself. It is about how you will see the world and others. It is a part of your formation. And it is a terrible, difficult question to be asking ourselves 
And I believe Jesus is asking. I think he's always been asking, but I really think he's asking it these days. It's a tough one right now. It's a tough one. Right? So, so these early evangelicals, they understood that to be on mission with Christ was to be a part of their formation. This was their formation. This was what discipleship looked like. Yep, they sat around and they talked about Jesus and they talked about the scriptures and their friend and how he had interacted and all those things. They did that. But then they went to work. They went to work. Right? Even the gospel writers, we see growth in them as they write. Paul. Right? You read the New Testament, you see growth in Paul as he writes. And he experiences life. We see him. He teaches differently when he's in prison than before he's in prison. Because he was being formed, he was growing. Right? So just, just think about that. So Jesus says this great commandment, right? He lays it out there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And your neighbor as yourself. Right? This, this commandment had some, had some real meat to it. Especially in that Jesus wasn't just saying it was going to be all rainbows and butterflies, but that the practice of our faith was going to be lived outside of the walls of the temple. The place where we actually were going to get good at being followers of Jesus was going to be outside of the walls of the church. Right? I said this at the beginning, that actually... From the very creation of time, you, you and I were made to receive and to give. You're actually made for it. You're made for it. You're made to give and to receive. If all we do is receive and we don't give, we're only doing half of what, what the mission of God is on us. And we're also only receiving half of this good gift of God's peace and God's presence in our life and story. Preston is not here. Let's pick on him for a sec. Preston is one of the most educated people that I know. He has submitted himself to many different teachers, whether they were at colleges or universities, and he worked on his doctorate when he did all of these things. Even being an author is writing your words down and putting them out. It's an incredibly vulnerable thing to do. Right? I am proud of him and who he has become in this journey. He, he has done the work to get all kinds of papers to put on his wall behind his desk if he wants. Even, he can put, he can put the, the word doctor in front of his name. Although, not even in a pinch would I call Preston to have my appendix removed. Okay? I'm actually not even sure I would call him if I needed a Band-Aid. <laughs> but, but, but Preston has done the work to study the scriptures and to, and to do all of this stuff. But if Preston does not love his neighbors, if he does not live out what he has learned and he has taken in, in his community, he is shallow. Half of the good gifts that God has given to him. He will not be fully formed as a follower of Jesus until he begins to practice that in his neighborhood. And we are gifted to have him here because he does do that. Right? And so we get a more full version of Preston. Because he didn't just do the work. 
to get things on his wall, but that he has done the work to build character in his community and in his neighborhood. And it makes him a fuller, less shallow person, a more mature person in his faith. It's why he can give us good answers to sometimes the theological questions we ask, but also give us some practical help in understanding what it is that we as individuals are called to be, right? He was a good pastor, not because he went to school, not simply because he went to school, but because he is continuing to be on the journey of formation in his life and in his story. I didn't pick on him that much. Here, you can tell him I said that. There's still time. Still time. What does it look like, right, for us? We don't all have to get uh, plaques for our wall. But what does it look like for us to be the kinds of people who are on mission with Jesus that are learning, but also taking those learnings out into the streets, out into the community, right? To be people who watch for places in the world that, that have need. To, that, that, that this goodness of God that we carry within us is something that people see when we roll up our sleeves. When we get to the shirts below the top three shirts, when we get down to our work shirts, right? what does that look like? And how does that have something that's more meaty and more mature and less shallow? It's important for us to think that. I actually do believe that the shallowness of, Christ, of Christians is showing itself. I wish I could say something different. It's showing itself in me. Right now, the Christian church, the evangelical world, is being challenged on so many areas. And we can complain about that. We can say it's not fair. We can say all of those things. The reality is, God is asking us a question about what it really means for us to be on mission with Jesus. How might we represent this good God who calls us his beloved and calls our neighbor his beloved as well? What does that look like? All right, so keep that in mind. Your formation as a follower of Jesus is not just lived out in a Bible study, but it is also lived out when we get to the work shirts. So, let's try to be a little bit more practical. Um, several years ago, there's this, this story, um, and I, it, it hit hard for me for some reason this week, and about 2006, 2007, just after some of the truth and reconciliation stuff was being done in Canada, some Christian leaders got together with some of the indigenous folks in, in Canada. This was out in Ottawa, and they, they had simply sat down with some of the indigenous people to say, what can we do to, to do better? And one of the, the chief elders that were in, was in that conversation asked one of the key leaders of, uh, of one of the Christian, the big Christian movement, churches. Uh, he said, why, why are you now? Why is it that you want to get your church involved in, in this now? And, and the leader of the Christian movement said, well, we, we feel like God is calling us to give voice to the voiceless. Actually, Proverbs actually says that. In, in Proverbs 31, verses 8 through 9, it says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all those who are destitute. Speak up 
and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So, so this leader wasn't taking this out of nowhere. He was taking it straight out of Scripture. But in this particular meeting between this, these indigenous folks and these Christian leaders, he says, we're here because we want to give voice. This is the social justice thing to do. And without a beat, the chief said, Sir, I hate to be blunt, but I have a voice. You have an issue with your hearing impairment. And so I, I think that I think that part of the leaves these days is actually to work on our hearing impairment. That this man was saying, No, I can speak for myself. I just need you to be less deaf. And oh, I was reading this in a, it was a paper I was reading a couple of weeks ago, and I was reading, I was like, oh. Like, so many things are happening to me these days, and, and it's, it's not been fun. It's been very convicting, to be honest with you. Have light shed on, the, on this, which some days looks really quite good in a dress shirt, but definitely today. It's a nice plaid. If you get a chance to touch this, this is some nice plaid. Okay, but, but this is a facade. What actually inside of me is this tension of like, how, how selfish I am. And how much I would really like things to be my way. And if people would just, and how come they can't? And why don't others see? And really, really, when I sit down to pray, when I really sit down to talk with God, he is saying, oh yes, all of that, sure. But what's happening in you, Evan? How can we talk about what's happening in you? So that you can be healed. So that you can be free. So that you can both receive the goodness and grace of God so that I can both, so I can give that away to others. It hasn't been fun. It hasn't been fun every day. But I think that it is something that Jesus is asking us to do. The amount of times that I have pointed out to others. I think we just had a kid escape from kids' church. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's here. He's over here. Yeah. <laughs> His mom's like, oh. <laughs> just pretend. <sighs> right? What does that look like? I've given voice to the voice. I've, been, I've pointed out our Haitian brothers and sisters. I think we need to do that. I think we need to speak up for the hungry in our own city as well. I think that we need to become better at listening. And not just listening to the community and the needs in our, in our community, but I think we actually need to, to work at listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in our own lives, and our own story, and how we can live this out. Right? I want to be hearing impaired. And I think maybe some of the the get your dirt under your fingernails work is going to happen here inside of us, inside of who we are. That we need to just have a good look at ourselves a lot. A lot. Right? Let's not be the kind of church that, that causes harm by not listening, by becoming deaf to the needs of our world and to the needs and the requests of the Holy Spirit on our own lives and stories. Let's be these kind of people who live out this belovedness into our community. 
Jesus in John 15, which we read earlier, he says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love hath no one that he would lay down his life for one's friends. And I would add, for one's neighbor. You see, simply the mission of Jesus, listen to this, simply the mission of Jesus was to befriend us. And our mission as his beloved is to befriend others. That might be all he's asking of you. To recognize that you have befriended, been befriended by him and that he is calling you to befriend another. As we unpack the bag of what it means to follow Jesus, let's get past the, dre the dress shirts. They're good. They serve a purpose we got to get down to our work clothes here. It's the way that we are going to be formed as followers of Jesus, as well as the way that we are going to demonstrate the love of God to our, our city and our community and our world. That's what it means to be on mission with Jesus. Let us pray prayers for others, of course. But let's let our hands catch up with our prayers too. That actually is what prayer is. To listen pray, ask God, speak. Let's let our hands catch up with our prayers. It's time for that now. Whatever way is appropriate, we got to do that. It's part of the reason why we're doing the food bank. This is my little food bank commercial. This is why we're doing for the food bank um, uh, that's coming up here in December. We're, we're doing it because there is an actual need in our city. Like, actual Hungry people in our city. Something we can do something about. We're doing it for that sake. But we're also doing it, and part of the reason why I'm proud to be leading this charge of us as we kind of make our way out of this is because actually I think this is how you and I will be formed as well. This is a part of our discipleship process, our formation, as much as it is about feeding hungry people. Right? Jesus is forming us in it. It's part of your discipleship journey. When the church and when God's followers go on mission with Jesus, the things they do, the things that have happened in this world is outstanding. Hospitals, schools, orphanages, homeless shelters, food banks, all of these things started by people on mission with Jesus. I don't think that we should leave ourselves out of that grand story that Jesus is writing. I think he's inviting us into it. I think he's drawing us towards it. I don't think he's going to force you either. I do not think he is going to push you into it. If you're waiting for a push, it's not coming. You've been invited and that's one of those beautiful things about the way that Jesus interacts with us. He will not push you into this. He will invite you into it. Friends, let's be the kind of church, let's be the kind of place, right? The response to that invitation to the second part of the journey of mission with Jesus. Learn as much as we can, of course. 
but recognize that the learning is lived out as we practice it. It's what, what we're about. Let's be the kind of church that radically loves this place, that radically befriends our neighbors. Let's do it out of great confidence because we know that we are the beloved and we have been befriended. Let's commit to the whole mission of the church, not just the Sunday morning. So we might be able to experience the fullness of God's love. That is something to be thankful for. Amen? Let me pray. God, thank you so much for the gift of your presence among us. Thank you that you are a God who, who knew us so well that you didn't just teach us academically, but that you gave us this field to learn in. God, may you continue to draw us towards your good work. May you continue to invite us into opportunity after opportunity to live out and practice and grow and be formed as we love your world like you did. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see the places where not only we as a church, but we as individuals are being invited to befriend others. And God, I pray mostly for this. Give us the courage to do it. To lean into that knowing that you are shaping us and that we're a part of that journey. I pray these in your name. Amen. Would you stand on this Thanksgiving day and receive the benediction as I send you out to whatever hopeful turkey you are going to? <clears throat> so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace as you go from this place, knowing that you are called that you are beloved, that you are befriended by God. And you can do the same. Amen? Happy Thanksgiving.